welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kimberly Land. I'm laughing because Lou is in the middle of a sentence and he just literally goes, and here we go. Hey, time waits for no man. Or woman. Or woman. I mean, gender. I think a man in the, uh, Neutral. in the, uh, I don't know, what would you call that reference? Uh, Mankind. Man, person kind. Person be, kind, okay. To be non. Sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, good morning. And and uh, how is everyone this morning? Good. Are you <laughs> good? Good. 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 We, Lou and I were just talking. I, I just gave Lou a little happiness for the holidays. Yes. And we were talking about the different types of happinesses, and it's a it's a for people that are listening. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely bourbon. Mm -hmm. Where is that one made? I can't even remember. Basil Hayden's. I, I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm guessing Kentucky, but I don't know. Mm, yeah, we were just talking about the different types of bourbons and. And how um, and you were really talking local, about local ones, yeah, local ones, and so I went with what I knew well. But there are some really neat ones out there. Um, Flag Hill is in uh, Epping, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And it's very good. Yeah, very very good. There you go. So for everyone, Smoky that's Quartz listening, is in Seabrook. Oh my gosh, there's a local one, and I was gonna do this, but I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. But next time, there's I can't remember what it's called, but I'll find out. It has bacon infusion in it. Wow. So I'll oh, see you would have liked that one, bacon infused bourbon. Interesting. Right? So I was not that I'm ever in there, but I was in the New Hampshire State liquor store. This is just a funny story. Yeah. Because it just it cracked me up. And they have the clearance section. And in the clearance section was a smoked salmon vodka. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For those of you who could not see the face <laughs> I just made, it the was face the face of ugh. Yeah, exactly. So I have a I mean, I love smoked salmon. I have a and theory. I like vodka, but it, not. It's yeah. called my second guy theory. Okay. And so we're in, we're a nation of ideas, right? Yes. We come up with ideas, and yes. that's fine. We love coming up with ideas. The key person in all of this is the second guy. In other words, someone stood up in a conference room. Yes. And said, "Let's make a vodka infused with smoked salmon." And there had to be a second guy in the room who said, "That's a good idea." None of this happens without the second guy. Well, it certainly wasn't a woman saying that was <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> you know how I formulated this theory? Do you remember the story of the plane where it was a, a light plane where the landing gear wouldn't come down? Yes, And I so do. what they decided to do was they had a pickup truck, and they put the guy in the back of a pickup truck, and they flew the plane over the runway with the pickup truck underneath, and the guy in the back of the pickup yes. truck pulled down the gear. Yes. And so that's that was my that was the germination of my second guy theory because somebody in the room, some idiot came up with the idea and I love that guy, but there had to be a guy in the room who said that's a good that's idea. That's a good idea. Let's well, go do it. I will. And I bet he was the guy in the back of the truck. I will never be helping that guy in the back of the truck idea. No. No. You're not. A, you wouldn't be the second guy. Not on this particular instance. No. Okay. I would be like that's like pickle that's like pickled vodka or something. Oh yeah, no, no, that was oh, horrible. Well, I mean. What's the difference? But I got a business idea based off that. Oh. What if we did lobster-infused vodka? No, that's just the same. No, no. See, <laughs> it's not about drinking the vodka. Clearly, Lou no, no, did not take his medication this morning. It's <laughs> not about drinking the vodka. It's about selling the vodka. They oh. sold the oh, vodka. for the novelty Think of, of how much they sold to the New Hampshire State Liquor Store. I know that, but then, but then they're stuck with all that inventory. But we have, anyway. all, we have all these tourists in a normal year. And they come here, and you get a, a lobster-shaped bottle, and you color it red, and you put lobster, and people will buy it just for the novelty of it. Well, th yes, the novelty. Yeah. It would, and then it would sit on the shelves forever. Yep. I think you should pitch the idea to I don't somebody. Care. No, I'm, I think I have so many other ideas. Okay. Yeah, maybe not that. That was like it went, it came and went kind yeah. of thing. And let me give you a recommendation, a TV recommendation too, because oh, you would well, love Lou this show. Lou is on a roll this morning. I am on a roll this morning. It's the Lou show today. <laughs> this show got referenced to me, and I watched it last night on Netflix. It's a documentary on flat earthers. Okay. And it's um, just following around. It's one guy, Mark Sargent, who's one of the bigger names in the movement. Kind of following him around, but going in the rest of the movement and stuff like that. And it is fascinating. And it's not about I mean, you can do the flat earth thing if you want. It's not about that. It's just about human nature. It's right. just about watching these people. Watching people. And going through it and, and holding on to the idea and um, rationalizing it. And it's just, it's an incredible piece of human nature. And the thing about it is, I loved all these people. They were all great. They were not, yeah. you know, they weren't crazy. They were well, not educated. Well, you can love people were, for people. Yeah. And then their ideas is when the things, you know, that's when ideologies split yep. and then you don't necessarily have the same views but you can still love a person yeah but it's right? a real study in how we are where we are on so many things in this yes. country 
right? Yes. How so many people can believe things that just you don't understand. And they don't have to be bad. They don't have to be, again, uneducated. They don't have to be idiots. They're just... I'm, I'm they just walked I'm, into the woods. I'm giggling for people that can't see me because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Lou going, Lou had to talk about this. <laughs> it was I, great. It was, I, it was what's, recommended. Okay, what's the show called? So that we can... It's called Behind the Curve. Behind the Curve. Oh, wow. And Behind the Curve. documentary right. on Netflix about uh, flat earth, the Flat Earth uh, movement. The Flat Earth movement. Yeah. So, well, this is going to be my segue. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move you off the, off the point. Okay. All right. Just wanted to get so, it out there. Uh, okay. Good. Um, so... So this morning, I was having my early morning conference call with a very good friend of mine that I'm doing the Human Baton with, you know, the show that I'm yep. doing with. Um, his name is Eric Plackow. He's an amazing athlete, and he is uh, the baton manager for the Human Baton. Anyway, he's over in Sweden. So we had a very early call this morning. Nice. And I was talking to him about what we're going to talk about today on the show, which is um, the holidays, but more importantly, the social isolation piece and the loneliness piece and mm-hmm. how to manage your way through that so when you started talking about flat earthers um it's you know there's a mindset about the loneliness piece there too because it's a it's yeah. a it's a very small set of people with a specific set of ideas um regardless of who they are as people but they have a specific set of ideas and how when you get isolated into a certain set of ideas you get isolated yes so um but nonetheless that was my segue but so the holidays obviously um we're at the end of hanukkah I think tomorrow is the last day. Um, and then we come into Christmas and New Year's. And as I mentioned last week, this is the biggest time of the year, typically even without COVID involved. This mm. is the biggest time of year for depression, anxiety to go up. And you add in social isolation and the feeling of loneliness. And it increases it anywhere from 45% to 65% over age span, depending on which age range you are. So right. if you're basically over 65 years old, you tend to have a higher amount of this. If you're in between the age of 20 and 45, your your increase goes up as your age goes up. So um, for a variety of reasons right. that we could always talk about. Mm-hmm. But so the difference between feeling loneliness and having so, social isolation, um, they can go together. But a lot of times people will say, I feel lonely, but you're in a group of people. So it's yep. the feeling of of you know lo- being lonely empty sure. void or devoid of of people even though someone might be in the room and then if you're alone you can still feel lonely obviously and have that feeling that's worse Versus, than being alone feeling feeling lonely in a group is worse than being alone well right yeah. and that exactly and then you have social isolation which is the disconnect from connection of outside world which is not the same now they both can go together but you can feel you can feel not lonely and yet socially disconnected mm-hmm. and you can feel um, socially disconnected, but not lonely. Right. <laughs> so, so when you have the combination of these things, it increases the likelihood of anxiety, which we obviously talk about all the time. That is that fear of, you know, the unknown and the threat generation of what will be, what isn't, what, what any of the what ifs. So the holidays, um, it's a time of nostalgia. It's a time of, you know, ruminating about the past. It's a time of um, thinking about people you've lost, um, times gone by, and coming into the new year. So you add all those pieces in, and the mental health issues around um, the mental health system getting utilized is usually increased. But also, um, given the pandemic, there's an increase in that as well. And people still have a stigma of really reaching out and helping themselves get through that because they don't want to be a burden on someone. They right. don't want to be a burden on their family. Um, given that lots of places in the country again, have gone back down into a tighter lockdown. And I was just saying as an aside to you that this past week and a half or so, I can't think of a day or at least every other day where I haven't heard someone talk about how they either are directly impacted by someone now in the next, you know, in the past few days with COVID or I specifically have heard from people calling me saying, oh, I went to the mall this weekend and I can't come in for my appointment this week because I have COVID. Or my veterinarian clinic called me yesterday to tell me that they had to close till next week because two of their staff have COVID. And they, right. so, and so, you know, over the past X amount of months, I've been very good at dodging this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been bobbing and weaving apparently because it feels like every single day since the last time I saw you, I've heard somebody say, I have COVID that's within one step of me in terms of, you know, they're either coming in or, or whatever. So 
Yesterday I had a moment of going, I'm closing the whole practice down. <laughs> I'm doing everything on Zoom for the next three weeks. Um, I won't do that, but um, I went back. I, I already already have really good protocols, but I'm like, ooh. But that goes to the social isolation is all of a sudden you push back and you put people back into a social isolation piece. And I'm the treater for giving connection a lot of times. And then people are feeling lonely. And there's not quite the same thing as face-to-face time versus on Zoom or FaceTime right. or WebEx or whatever. It's not the same as being in the room together. So it's such a a hard thing for mental health during the holidays. And then you add that all in and it's just, it's scary for people because I just see a lot of increase in tension, stress, yeah. sadness, and and people reaching out. And there's and there's some good, there's some good, and I and only say good, there's not great things to do. And this is where I feel stuck sometimes and I have no problem saying that to clients is that, and to you, that I don't have as many answers as I usually do because I can't say, hey, you can do these three things out and about to socially connect right? because people are so limited. So my, my technique pool is huge, but the options are limited based on the fact that we have to socially isolate. Right. So what were you going to say? I don't know. I was going to ask a question, but I don't know if I want to get into it now. But uh, uh oh, <laughs> no, I just I was just curious when you said this, because my as I've been talking about COVID from the beginning of this. And I remember early on in April, uh, March and April talking about this. And they would give us X amount, uh, X amount of cases that are out there. Right. And my theory always was there's five or six times that yes. amount of well, cases because there was lack sure. of there was lack of testing. So as we get here in this particular time period, and as you said, you're hearing stories, everybody's hearing stories about positive tests here right. and there, a lot more testing. Do you think there are more cases or we're just getting more positive tests? I think, well, I think there's more cases. Be, I, I mean, I do think there's more positive tests because people are testing, but I also think that there's more cases just because I think people... Then March gone, and April. Yeah. I, I do, because yeah. I think that, you know, March, April, we were coming into a time where people could be socially distant and, you know, and do things outside and could be social now all of a sudden, which I predicted. And you, we talked about this, yeah. that come November, December, people were going to continue doing what they were doing, thinking, you know, people let their guard down and people do. And then you come back together. So I think that yeah. it's kind of human nature to taught a, teaches you a lesson that, of course, we come back together. So I think when we were coming into it, March, April, May, we were going outside. Now we're going back in. I think that it was there, but we were so far apart that it didn't really affect us in the same way. Now we're coming yeah. back in and doing that. So I think it makes sense scientifically that that would happen. Sure. Um, you know, I think that people are, t I, and I still don't think a lot of people are testing as much as they could it, because I think people are afraid. I have, I have clients who go, I'm not going to get tested. Why? <laughs> because they're afraid. And so, and so my answer is always, well, then don't come in to me, please. And they yeah. don't. So, um, but it's, I think people, I don't think everyone that is sick or has been sick does get tested. So you've got that going. And then I think that, um, I think people are, you know, going, like going to the mall, going out to, I've seen, I saw, you know, my running stories. I see cars out on the street and I saw a place that had 22 cars. Now you do the math, yeah. 22 cars times at least you got to figure there's two people per car on a, on a Saturday. It was Saturday. Um, and they were there all day. It didn't go. Cause then after my run, I drove by for multiple hours and I, nothing moved. So I'm imagining yep. that was a good old time in that house. And I, you know, and normally I'd be like, Oh, whatever in my head. But this time I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of COVID going on. And that was on the heels of me hearing a few days in a row of people saying yep. that, um, so and I th so I think it's a little combination of, yeah. of, of those things. And I think people are afraid to get tested. And and if they're sick, they're kind of just riding it out, I think. That's what I'm sort of getting anecdotally from what I'm watching. Well, you get a po the, the reason you'd be afraid of getting tested is you get a positive test. You're out of work for two weeks. Well, you're out of work. So, here, so here's one of the dilemmas that came up. And this is one of the things around the holidays you know this this all goes together is and so by the I, way yeah well you may shut down your work well so yeah. i so that and so i have uh, someone that got tested positive um they had they had a they had a plumber in their house doing some work the plumber had it then called and said they had it they got it and then they quarantined the whole thing and they had to tell their work their work didn't shut down completely, but back because it was yeah. cordoned, you know, cordoned off. But then she passed it to her kids. So then the kids had been going in and out of school. 
So then the kid, so the school, so the classroom had to get shut down. So it's this trickle down effect. And it's a the big point deal, of that yeah. story is yeah. that one of her, one of her comments to me was when she was like, what do I do initially? I, Cause she's like, the ramifications for this are huge. Yes. So the, the intensity isn't just that, Oh, I'm sick and I have to recuperate. It's I'm sick. My kids are sick. We have all these socialized places that we go to that are okay, work and school. Now I've got to inform them. Then, oh, and then my family, and it's the holiday. And if I tell them, they won't let me come. So it's yeah. this huge landslide yeah. of social isolation and loneliness during a family time. And I, and I, the way I framed it is, hey, if it wasn't Christmas next week, you probably wouldn't feel as lonely or as socially isolated. And they said, she said, yes, yeah. exactly. It's it's the it's the overall piece of that um, being added into the situation. I just got something in my eye. Can you imagine being a family that shuts down a school system? Well, that's the piece of it, imagine? right? Yeah. It's like holding in the, the onus Or your of, work, yeah. Right. It's holding the onus of how bad that would feel. And I haven't had any bad stories of anyone getting ostracized or shunned, but it's that feeling of shame and guilt of like, oh, someone's going to think it's, you know, there's yeah. a dirty factor to it. That yep. What did you do that gets you in trouble for doing that? And now, you know, well, so. look at all the if look at all the blowback you get from society in general for being unhappy about wearing a mask as minimum as that. Right doing it but being unhappy about it think about the blowback because everyone's going to assume you didn't follow protocols you were right you were reckless and that's right. the only people who get it are reckless people right which right? isn't true which isn't true which isn't true and so and so i spent the last so mental health you'd think i'd be talking about you know fear of something the fear of this is what we talk about the fear yeah. of being ostracized or being shamed into what did you do yeah that's been a huge topic in the past week for people that have gotten and when i say i've heard from someone every day i literally have about what am i going to do about <laughs> telling people or or how am i going to handle that or i don't want people to know so i'm just not going to tell anybody and working that through because of what you just said is that they don't know how to manage the just curious was this woman asymptomatic no. No? She went to the doctors, and the doctor told her she had an ear infection. Oh. That's how it started. And she kept saying, I don't think so. And so she would call and say, what do you think? She asked me. She asked me. And then, how does that happen? What? Why isn't the first thing the doctor orders a COVID test? Because they, so my experience so far, thus far, is that when they do the initial eval, if your symptoms aren't the ones that are the typical of what's supposed to present, yep. and she didn't have those, um, then they don't do the test. So she, but she called, she called me and she said, what do you think after a couple of days? And, and then I said, well, can you smell or taste anything? Yeah. No. I'm like, uh-oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's when she went in and she's like, yep. And then she was like, my plumber had it. And then, so, um, but I think that, you know, it's, that's, there's a missed case, right? So you yeah. imagine that that happens and, you know, a lot of people aren't going in directly. They're getting Zoom called for their treatment. Yep. Um, so you can't do a lot with that. And so she wasn't having the breathing issue. She was having the runny, she was having a runny nose and she was having the, um, the taste and the, and the smell. This is so psychological because... The mind is set up to uh, set up to find threats. Yes. Uh, our vision, our hearing, is all designed to hear and yes. see threats coming. Yes. You can't hear or see this coming. Right. So this is all threat generation in your head. Right. And the only thing worse than threat generation in your head is threat generation when the threat is fairly legitimate. Well, you're right. Yeah. Right. And 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 you in, when you're taking all the precautions in the world, and yeah. It's still there. And, and so I'm, I'm, as soon as I got multiple calls in a row, I, now I've, I've settled myself. Thank yeah, God. I, no. I'm my own therapist in my head, right? But I will tell you, as soon as I had, like, I think by the third call, when I got the call yesterday from the vet, all of a sudden in my head, I'm like, I'm going to take my temperature. <laughs> I hadn't been around the vet. I hadn't been anywhere near it. But I, last week I had, and so I had to go through the list with them, like, what day did these people come in? What day did they get sick? So the vet was great. But in my head, I started doing the, do I have a scratchy throat? Yeah. Do I have a cough? Which I always have anyways. And then after I coughed, I'm like, ooh, is that the same cough? This, I did this is... all day yesterday because my mind started yeah. going to the, wait a second. 
I haven't been around anyone. I know I'm not doing any of that. I, you know. There have been a couple times during this where there have been contacts. People I've been around who've come up positive. Yeah. And it'll freak out. Yeah. Right? Especially yeah. when you start thinking about all the things you just talked about. Right. The consequences of it. Missing work. Shutting down your work. Uh, you know, infecting someone else. Uh, God knows what. Right. Yeah. Well, and so, so, and so that again, it, it's the social social isolation in context to COVID around this yeah. is. There's so many pieces. Think of about this, being but, a leper. Well, a, a, so here's, so yeah. here's that piece of it that I was. So m most people, and I want to make sure I give the kudos to most people that I know who've had it or currently have it, are doing the appropriate, correct thing, even though it's tough, and are talking through it. But I do know a few people as of late that they have it, they know they have it, the day that they actually get the testing that proves that they have it, the three or four days that they've gone through to that point, they've been out and around, they've been to restaurants, they've been going shopping, they've been to Target, Walmart, you know, Home Depot, the grocery store, the blah, blah, blah. And then on the day they find out, and I've known this in two cases most recently, is that they've gone, after they got the positive, they needed to do errands because they were going to be quarantined. So they went and did some more shopping. And I'm, so you figure yeah. there's a lot of people that you're walking by or doing. This is why last week I said to you, I go to the grocery store or the stores when it's almost nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, you know, because it's, I'm high risk and it's also like super yeah. spread time. So because people are lax in their ability to manage Yep. And if they knew the ramifications of the fact that the social isolation piece of this and that loneliness feeling is going to be right there. And, you know, for the person I described in the beginning about having this, the most um, not worried about ever getting this kind of person, like whatever. She's like, I'll never have this. This is not going to be a big deal, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as ooh, it flipped of how worried she was for herself, rightfully not in a selfish way, but herself, her family, her kids, and that social piece of like, sure. oh no, I'm going to be completely ostracized and shut down. And then all of a sudden she had this new respect for, you know, and, and symptomo symptomology has increased as it's gone on and then it dropped off again. So she's getting better, but it scared her. And, 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 I hate to have people have to go through that to not have to to have to learn to not have to be socially isolated or, or disconnected. Well, the funny part of that you just mentioned is a lot of people deal with COVID and the threat of COVID in terms of personal risk. And right. so they um, they put it off. It's like, I get it. I get it. Right. Right. You know, right. they'll do whatever rationalization they have to. The survival rate, all that stuff. I'm in good shape. There's no problems. I'm not particularly high risk, whatever. But that's the um, that's the thinking part of it. At the point where there's a contact close to you, right, you start thinking about the ramifications. Like when I get nervous, I don't get nervous about getting COVID. I get nervous about I can't work. Right. You know what's going to happen then, and and yeah, the isolation. But you know, it's a, hopefully it's a small period of time. But you know, I can't work. I can't spread it. You know. Right. I might shut down my work. Right. So, so he, I think I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about the ramifications. The ramifications. So I think yeah. that there's a couple camps of that, you know, in terms of that is that I think that that's one camp that you're in. So for me, it's both yep. because if I get it, it's a hit or miss because of my medical, I have asthma. So sure. Mm, right. So I'm very, very careful as you know about that. And I mean, the flu shot gives me bronchitis every time I have it. I always get sick. I'm yep. always a mess for like two months after that. So and who needs more respiratory issues on top of that? Right. Yep. So so it's a concern for me. So so when people are telling me, um, I have found sometimes I might not be the most sensitive response right away, especially when they've been a patient that's been near me within two weeks. Because I'm always like, when did you get contact with, for this? Who was it? When was it? you know? I go through all my list. Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, back it out, back it out. Because I have to do that for me mm -hmm. and um, because that's my concern. And then the other piece comes into it of like, oh, if I get really sick, then I won't be able to work. Right. And if I can't work, then we have a problem. <laughs> so, but I think that there's a couple camps of that. And then there's some, and well, there's actually another camp too. There's some people that don't care at all. Yeah. I have, I have some of those patients that one way, they just don't care. Well, they don't care in theory. Right. If there's a close contact. 
Right. And yes. all of a sudden there's a real possibility they have it. Then they start thinking of these things. Right. Because, again, they may not be concerned about themselves. Right. I'll get through it. It's just the, it's just the flu. I'll right. get through it, you know, which is we can deal with that on one level or another. But i got to tell my school. Right. I've got to tell my work, you know. Right. And all of a sudden I'm... I'm out on Leper Island. Well, and it's in, it's increased, and I'm not sure if this I'm not sure if this is, and you might know this. I'm not sure if this is town by town here or if it's county by county. But I know that the the representatives for the CDC health department in each town or whatever they call, they check because it gets reported, and then I know that there's follow up with people contact tracing to make sure that the person who has it has been informing other people they've come in contact with. Because I've gotten a couple of those calls, and that was really? new. That was new to me. Only in the past couple of weeks, because that hadn't happened all the way up until this point, and that's also socially isolating. Sure. And and you so want people making the, calls that hey, right, and just making sure that you're aware that you've not the name, but making sure that you're aware that you've come in contact with someone. Please check your contact. Blah 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 blah. Um, now, I don't know if that's, that's why I'm saying, I don't know if that was something new, something town by town. The call was quote unquote anonymous. You've been in contact with somebody was, who came up positive. It was, you've been in contact with someone that has come up positive. Please check your contact list of who you, you know, check in with people you've been around, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Now, t- two calls. That's so I don't less know than if useful. that's, yeah. if that, and I won't name the towns and they, yeah. they specify what town they're calling from. So, sure. I, you know, and and one particular town, I'm thinking, well, they do that because they're up in everybody's business anyway. So <laughs> I'm imagining. So, no, but that's why I was saying. That could I don't be any know town. if this is a new thing or could not. Be any but, town in but Massachusetts. But it's super. Yeah. That's why the topic of being socially isolated and lonely is so important. So um, for the holidays and just in general, but for the holidays. And so I was saying, I was talking to Eric this morning over in Sweden and how he was saying that, um, you know, they don't have the vaccine yet. They don't have any of this, you know, this stuff going on for them. Um, but they have been recently locking back down because they have had, and they were doing really well. And he said with the increase, same as us, is the increase of people coming back inside and it being cold and the daylight obviously, sh- you know, shorter, that people are much more together. Yeah. And um, and it's right in your backyard. And he was telling me that he lives in an apartment building. Um, that he saw his neighbor and he hadn't seen his neighbor in a while and he said oh how are you doing whatever and it's the neighbor across the hall and the man had been in there for a month with covid and he didn't know but he was he's like it was his next door neighbor yeah and he said it up until that point it really hadn't been in his back door it had been somebody that somebody else knows that ha- so now we were sharing the experience of how this man was socially isolated and no one knew and talking about the same ramifications of, you know, here he is, the neighbor right across and never knew. And yep. how how did that feel and how would that feel? And here you are coming into this time of family and togetherness and all these things. And you can't, but you can, but you're going to be a spread. Uh, it's just, it's so this is why it's a mental health issue. It's already a mental health issue to have the holidays as it is, as we know. Yes. So if we weren't talking about COVID, we'd be <laughs> talking about the mental health issues of family getting together again. <laughs> Over the holidays, drinking and rehashing family experiences that are so happy. Yes. <laughs> From the years gone by. Like the worst um, form of therapy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Actually um, reliving it. it, it right. Forget about it, talking about it, reliving it. And so we add in these pieces. And it's. I think that when you look at um, this particular time with COVID because of the, the the lockdowns again, I think that people have to do a lot more social connecting. Therefore, <laughs> going back to the Zoom calls, I know they're not as good, but at least there's something. Um, and I think a lot of people have gotten away from doing that. And so going back to doing that, planning things that are more social and how, you know, kind of doing a renewed spirit at least for another month or two while the vaccines have come out and people see how they go and, so that you could, so everyone could get a little recharge. You know, everyone had some fun parties at the beginning on Zoom. They'd all have their cocktail hours on Saturday together, yeah. and building a puzzle and watching a movie together, and being able to do that. And it's it's uh, important. Now, I always go back to my go-to. The best medicine is what? Exercise. There you go. Yeah. I mean, so so it may not give you social connection, but exercise itself helps deplete the loneliness feeling because you get a sense of self-worth when you're doing it, which 
sort of bypasses the brain in a way to feel less lonely. Mm -hmm. I know that might not register for a lot of people because it's not the way you would typically think, but because of the neurotransmitters that get made in the brain for the mood regulators, there's multiples of them, it will distract you enough to make you feel more productive and more likely to actually do a reach out to someone or a Zoom call or even a social social opportunity out and about. And I keep encouraging people, build a fire pit, do exactly what you were doing before and get outside and sit, you know, your normal thing like you did in the summer. And people, everyone's like, it's so cold because, you know, today it's 15 degrees here. Yes, it's cold. And we're cold. about to have a foot of snow. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and this is a good time even so to, you know, sort of take the opportunity, even though it's cold, to go out because that's also good for you. It, the, the cold air. Um, as odd as that might sound, there's um, a uh, a famous person that it's he's his name's Wim Hof and he does the Wim Hof method of like being able to control your breathing to relax your body and to be able to get into a meditative state. Mm-hmm. And he's and he he's a big proponent of using like cold water showers and ice baths and being cold because it rejuvenates the body by being able to allow the GABA the anxiety neurons and dopamine and other ones to relax so there's 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 something to be said for getting out and getting that fresh air and breath of fresh air because although it might not be direct social contact and a hug it relaxes the body even though you're like all tensed up it allows the body to kind of churn through the neurotransmitters that was a really basic way of describing it so if anyone's listening going well that's not quite right i didn't do the whole process because we don't have enough time to talk about that but you've got a couple options here you still can socialize like you did in the summer you just kind of suck it up a little bit in the cold and figure out how to do that. That's what they make sleeping bags and big blankets and cozy <laughs> things for, right? Um, and hot chocolate or you and your bourbon. Flask. <laughs> and a flask, warmed. Yeah. Um, hey, when we say exercise, I always like to qualify because it, people think workouts and things like that. 15-minute walk. Yeah. Put a coat just, on, take a walk. Just get outside and go down the street and back in the cold, like tomorrow when it snows. Yep. Okay. First is safety. There are lots of deaths often on the first round of snowstorms in New England because of snowplows and people out walking in the snow because it's pretty and they don't see you. So first thing, wear something bright and you pay attention for snowplows because they always can't see you, so it's your job to pay attention. That's right. my first little mommy mommy tip. So, But when it's snowing... Is that happening a lot? Does it happen a lot? Yeah. Mommy tips or... No, no, people getting... <laughs> <laughs> you, well, people getting I mean, snowed over by snowplows. Is, is, yeah. But I, it, it's always notable to me as a runner yeah. that the oh, running yeah. community. We talk a lot about the fact that this happens a lot. People either get hit or killed, but most of the time, not killed. Sometimes, but hit by snowplows. Um, I've been standing on the side of my driveway, and a snowplow has come right by me and taken out my mailbox, and I was like feet away yeah. you know i mean ugh, and i was right there so um, think about it these guys are up 36 hours and well that's what yeah. i'm saying so yeah. so if you're going out in the snowstorm tomorrow now that we've talked about the death rate <laughs> <laughs> the positive side of this yeah right maybe you should stay inside everybody just stay no Don't no, go no, out. no go for, <laughs> forget it go on a back TV. road take a walk <laughs> Jeez. i you know they'll be like well dr kim said to go out and take a walk and take like, a walk hey, yeah. don't blame me okay so, so that's worse than the whole covid thing <laughs> Just getting people riled up by getting hit See, by a I plow. gave everyone something worse yeah. to think about, there right? Yeah. So, no, tomorrow in the snowstorm, because, you know, the East Coast is getting it, go out out and, and take a quick, not 10 minutes. It's the cold air, the refreshing air in your body. It gets the big, the big four neurotransmitters really going, big five, actually. And then it also gives you an opportunity to kind of just, like, shake off the the doldrums of being inside the house or whatever was going on it kind of is like a reset um and people that you know go out and shovel five minutes of shoveling now make sure you're you know if you've got diabetes and you're overweight and you're all these things and you haven't shoveled in 10 years maybe not for you right now but you know there's something just get outside and do that because it's it's a way to kind of rejuvenate and more often than not what happens is you're more likely to come back inside and then pick up the phone and say, hey, to someone, did you see the snow? Now now you're socially connecting, and the loneliness factor comes down. And that maybe that's an opportunity that opens the door for... Um, it's amazing how well it works. I mean, yes. and people I've been in points in my life themselves. when, you know, just a few trips to the gym, right? you know, and just a treadmill for a half an hour, right? what I used to do. And it's like, it's amazing how uplifting that is. Right. 
And if you live on the beach, underrated. Like you do. Yeah. That's even better. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm walking all the time. Plus, I got the pooch. So, pooch has to go or he goes nuts. Exactly. Yeah. And and most dogs love snow. So, if yeah. you have a dog, get on out there with the dog and, and enjoy it. That's a way to connect with the dog, too. And, you know, just think all your dogs want you to go back to work anyway. So, because you've given them a thousand walks. So. <laughs> but they love snow. I've been so. doing you a push up tip, too. Did you? Since, since last week, yeah. Really? Yeah. You're doing it on commercial breaks? No. If, which which part of the push-up tip did you take? Uh, five push-ups for every snack. Very good. Yeah. Every time so I walk to the kitchen. So you're going to be jacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I often substitute that for the bourbon. <laughs> Don't blame me for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so really quickly, for people that didn't hear last week's yeah. podcast, I had given a couple tips on like how to integrate exercise into your TV well, it's about humanizing snack. exercise. Yes. It's, it's about, you know, making it Realistic. reachable for people. Right, yeah. exactly. So I said, you know, do five push-ups or ten push-ups or ten sit-ups or something in between times of commercials or snack time when you go to the snack. Yep. Instead of doing that, do your push-ups, then go to the snack or whatever. And so Lou has taken the tip. and yeah, So by New Year's, he's going to be like... Oh, yeah. Those, I think that's those great, days though. are gone. Yeah. So, but here's the question, because you, now you're yeah. you're the good guinea pig. So, since you've added that in, do you feel differently? Yeah. In what way? Well, because, um, at a, for me, the whole body thing, the whole being in shape thing, is relatively in shape at my age, um, is important. And when I let it slide, I don't feel good about myself. Right. So when I'm paying attention to it, and now it's like you can't do gyms. I'm a gym guy, especially in you know in the uh, good weather. I'm out walking, right? You know, but in the bad weather, I'm usually hitting the gyms, and you can't do it now. So I haven't been doing anything, and it's been getting dark at four o'clock, and it's like everything has slipped off. So just the idea of putting a little work in just like makes you feel like you're not just abandoning the whole thing, right? You know. So so it's uplifting. Yeah. It makes you. Does it energize you to do it again, like in the next? commercial break or the next snack time or do you just well for me the way i react to exercise in general is it becomes um it becomes mandatory okay i don't i don't feel good about myself if i slough it off okay you know if, if i pass on it that's good that's how it should but be. i don't hate it right at this point you know i'm not i'm not oh crap i gotta do five push-ups Right, because you're not being forced to do it right you're doing it out of your choice and you don't have to do it you can right. choose to bypass it and do it the next time or yeah, it's, it's like no big deal. And usually it's seven or eight or 10 or whatever. I feel like doing it however good I'm feeling at the moment. Right. You know? That's great. Yeah. That's great. But it's a good, um, it's just, again, you can't overstate the whole importance of exercise, how easy it is. Again, 15-minute walk we're talking about. We're not talking about a workout at the gym. Right. And not going seven, you know, seven-minute miles. We're just talking like just go out and be out in the air and get. And how that changes your mindset. Because the base point here, and this gets back to, you know, people's mindsets right. and thoughts uh, thoughts are not facts and all that stuff people would be able and you just mentioned it if it weren't christmas you could deal with this isolation right the christmas adds a new element right the other thing that adds another element to it is the fact that it's is the idea that you're working on that it's permanent right in other words if you were just alone for a night right. or for a holiday you'd, you'd just handle it right but you also you think this is it? I'm not going to see that person again. It's never going to be the same. This is the big thing with COVID now. Right. This time around, that's different. In the beginning, when we were doing Zoom calls and being all happy and doing this stuff, it's like, okay, if we just do this for two weeks, everything will be fine. Right. And it'll be right. gone. So we worked through it on that basis. This time around, we're thinking, is it ever going to be? Are we ever going to be out of this? Right. And and I think that's a really good point because that's part of the technique I offer to people now is 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 that it is it is temporary. I mean, it's so cliche and so many times for people to hear like, oh, you know, things pass and this too shall pass. It will. I don't know when, but it will. it is temporary. So it's like, what do you do with your time? It's kind of like, the, you know, when people are grieving. I've, you know, I've talked to some of my patients about, you know, when you're grieving a loss, oftentimes people will grieve and feel like it's never going to go away. Right. And the old saying or, or because the source of the grief isn't going to change right you lost source, somebody right yeah. and so i you know a lot of times you'll hear people tell other people that well you know time heals all wounds mm. i'm not a big fan of that no. because psychologically i don't agree with that it's not time 
that heals it, it's what you do with the time. So how do you spend your mind time? What do you do with your mind time and your body, obviously, but they go together. And if you're moving and shaking and doing and being and, and distracting, and you can, it's, you don't forget, you don't let go, you don't lose out on the memory, but you have to move it. And it's not about forgetting and letting go. It's about really giving it its right space and moving through it. But that's, that's not where people go. So it's similar to that experience of, of holidays, COVID and here it's people like, this is never going to end. And here we are back here. No, it's going to end. And if we this just don't were, know when it's going to end, right. just like we don't know when and grieving will stop. But it's what are you doing with your time while this is going on? Because if you're waiting for life to happen to you, even if the pandemic wasn't going on, waiting for life to happen to you doesn't work like that. Nothing. This is what Eric and I were talking about this morning. You cannot all of a sudden be an overnight success without doing the, the front line of work. And so we were discussing the fact that if you're you know, 20 something plus years of practice for me, people will say, oh, you've been, you know, you're so good. You're doing this, you're doing that. And, you know, and, and I've had people recently say, oh, you know, overnight success kind of thing. And I'm like, 24 years of doing this. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like, well, and, and then before that, all the stuff that led up to that. So, but, but even in your case, see... the work comes 45 minutes at a time. It comes session right. by session. Right, right, exactly. And so it's, it's about the fact that people will, socially compare well that person's got it better but why do they have it better in your mind because the likelihood is the perception is that they're not seeing that the person's done stuff like i'm you know yeah you got to get out there and you hustle just you just got to the overarching plot the overarching plot plot is you're talking about people who give up control of their lives right everything's happening the, to them right. as opposed to making it happen for them and that's there's my technique key understanding underneath like what the techniques are to get you through this time in the next few weeks that are really hard is that it's not about what's happening to you it's about what you're doing right to it take control of your outcomes you have you have much more control than you believe you do right but that's that's a big responsibility for people to take on especially when things aren't going well right they don't like to think they're responsible for their outcomes when the outcomes haven't been great right it's an uncomfortable feeling right exactly yeah right and and then to look at why the outcome hasn't been great why how did they get there yeah you know looking at that is really painful and that's why you don't see a lot of people land in my office is because that's the piece that people don't want to look at you know i'm lonely i'm socially isolated Okay, let's talk about why that is. And it's, well, now it's external. Well, it's the pandemic. Okay, but let's take that away. And if that wasn't going on, then what would be going on? And then, oh, that's a whole big thing because usually people that are, I mean, the pandemic makes everyone globally feel disconnected for sure. But when you look at a person on an individual level without that there, their personality styles and types that get locked into that feeling. um, And that certainly pre-exists pandemics which brings us to my next tattoo which is we're on a cincinnati and you're talking about past outcomes and why did they happen and i guess there's some value in going back and looking at that as illustration of what you should do going forward but the whole emphasis should be those outcomes are those outcomes what's next right right and understanding that you have control and applying that control in the outcomes going forward right because none of that predetermines what's next right hopefully (laughs) <laughs> well, well, it, well. So, well, what would now? I want to ask you a question. So, what would predetermine an outcome going forward? Well, you may have um, you may have spoiled a relationship past the point of repair, right. you know, that sort of thing. Right. So, so you may have there may be enough buildup of past um, outcomes that are coloring future outcomes. Right, and when you so in the context of social isolation. Yeah. That is a very common factor of people having burned bridges. Right. And hence the holidays. <laughs> it's a great topic, right? So yeah. you, you put holidays together where there's oftentimes lots of burned bridges and families and friendships or, you know, bad blood that no one's talked about for a year. Now we're going to get back together or right. we're going to talk about it on the Zoom call while we all sit around and watch each other open presents and eat dinner. And those things are still going to come up. And then everyone gets off the Zoom call. And I, I saw a little bit of this already happened at Thanksgiving with, with patients and, and talking to me about it after they get off the call or they get, and the loneliness 
or the sadness that comes from the end of the, the abrupt the, end of the, yeah. the disconnect yeah. after um, and how it feels. And, um, and, and unfortunately, there's so many different pieces that go into it. I've had a couple of patients and this will probably speak to a lot of people is that they've lost people this year. So the disconnect <coughs> on top of loss, on top of, yeah. how, it's just, you know, and this is, the, that's what I was saying. This is the first time in all my practice years that I've looked at people and just listened only at times mm -hmm. and not been able to offer anything. But I'd love to be able to offer something new. But at this time, because of where we're at, I can't tell you to go do this meetup group or, you know, everything is right. very, everything I give for an, a technique right now is socially isolated but we're looking at again we're looking at based on a false premise that the pain of that loss is going to be at this level forever Ever. right right it's not or christmases are going to be this way forever or right. i'm always going to be alone that's what you tend to you when right. you slip into that mindset everything gets worse if, right. you, if you knew that listen this grief is natural you know, especially after a loss, but it's going to get better. Right. It and was, I, right. I'm not giving the axiomatic time heals all, all wounds, but hopefully you right. place it in a different priority in your emotional outlook. Yeah, it's just, it's just generating a different alternative to the way you're seeing things. And, and as I've talked about before on my show, that people get funneled into the one mindset and get stuck. Yeah. And then fixated on it because even though it feels bad, it feels good. Yes. You know, so it's it feels familiar. That, well, it feels familiar. So yeah. it feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. Therefore, even though they, the person knows it feels yucky. Plus, there's that cycle of if I let go of the hurt, I let what? go of the person. Right, exactly. Right? The person is gone. Right. No, exactly. the person can be there in a positive way. Right. As opposed to, you know, the pain and the hurt. Right. So And so the perspective shift is huge. So that's like the whole premise behind why cognitive behavioral therapy works is if you shift the thought process to something else, even just a little tweak to it, the behavior falls in line and the feeling comes with it. You don't have to change. That's controlling your outcomes. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to change a feeling. The feeling will change once you change the thought process. And oftentimes people who are against therapy, for instance, will say, I, you know, that's mind mind uh, control and all this stuff. No, it's actually, if you have one unidimensional way of thinking about something over and over and you generate the possibility that this could be a way of thinking about it or this could be or this could be, and you have multiple, that's what I do. I try to generate multiple. Then a person has more tools in the toolbox and then they feel like, oh, I'm not stuck. I'm not, I'm not isolated into myself and I have other things to, and ways to think about it. That's a huge get yeah. out of jail free card i want to push back on the mind control thing though, okay because that's the ultimate goal and, and it, the in the in the way that the person <laughs> put it that's derogatory right but that person hasn't separated and this goes back you know walking your dog hasn't separated themselves from their mind right right they don't understand that there's a difference between you and your mind and controlling your mind makes you happier right right the mind is the mind is a stimulus generator. It throws thoughts and, and threats and right. and things at you. And, right. You know, you're well, not. And, and based on your experience, even yeah. if it's one experience, it will generate those things. And it's like so, saying dog training is dog control. Right. Well. <laughs> well, yes, so, it is, but in a positive way. Right. And so I think that in in the context of the the person I was talking about with the mind control piece or people that mm -hmm. say similar things, it's really that. People who are afraid, this is, you know, my experience clinically, is that people who are afraid to really talk about the things that are really underneath the reason why they're stuck or hurting yeah. or whatever the ill is, that they, there's a common theme of if you give them an alternative way of thinking about it, it's somehow brainwashing them. Yeah, no. And that's not true. But that's, a sti that's part of the stigma of psychology and psychiatry in the general population of people who don't utilize is that somehow, oh, it's, they're going to shrink your head. There's the, re you know, those are all why those little things, it's, yeah. but you know, you know, that's why we have the name shrink because we're shrinking yeah. you. You're, we're not, I'm not, I'm actually expanding. And I say that to my clients all the time is we're expanding our thought process because you have one thought and that's getting you stuck and we have to generate because it makes you less lonely. It makes you less isolated. It makes, and, and that's just within yourself. Now, not even talking about our topic today in terms of bigger global context of social connection and holidays. This is just, it, uns, 
it gets you unstuck from yourself of being caught up in that web and loop of loneliness unto yeah. yourself. Yep. Which people are so much of the time in. Even people who look on the outside and present really well for themselves that everything's great. Yeah, when they walk inside the office and you find out mm, not so much, right? It's yep. it, what you see isn't always what's going on because people have personas social persona, family persona, job persona. We all have our little pieces that we show. Um, and I try to help people get to showing who they are all the time. Yeah. So that they're not having to shift um, from place to place. I mean, you even, like when I walk in, the comment I think you would say, and most people see me is, I always am smiling. I'm all, That's pretty much who I am all the time. Yeah. And when I'm in a bad mood, whatever that would look like, right? Mm -hmm. It's in my head and I'm flipping it all the time, right? Or like when someone told me about COVID, I was like, oh my God. You know, <laughs> no one would know that on the outside because I do the work on the inside to not end up falling apart on the outside because it's not necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's the benefit of doing what I do for a living because I'm my own internal cognitive behavioral therapist. <laughs> well, yeah. But that's, that's the goal of all this. Right is to be able to integrate your own self and take what I'm saying here today or all the other times I've said it is to really do your own work to generate alternatives. And if I could give the biggest technique today besides exercise would be to when you're over the next week or two and you're feeling lonely or feeling isolated, generate a different way of looking at it. This is temporary. I'm going to go do something for myself. I'm going to call my best friend. I'm going to call people at work. I'm going to do, I'm going to go for a walk with a dog. I'm going to read a book. God forbid we read a book. Watch a documentary on Flat Earth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can watch The Undoing. Not that I'm plugging that show, but that was a really <laughs> good show with Nicole Kidman and Hugh, Hugh Grant. Um, and, but I think that it's generate something new. Now, here's what I would get. If you were sitting in my office and you were telling me this, I often will get back, well, I can't think of anything. Right? So it's... In the it's two seconds it took them to reply, they couldn't think of anything? <laughs> right, because yeah. here's why. And, the, and yeah. the, so I'm speaking to that piece of that is that people have a hard time generating something different because they're so stuck in what they already know they can't see beyond it, which is why they're in the office in the first place. Right. Um, and, and most people... In life that I know that don't utilize therapy, even in my friend group, I ha I see that. I'm often doing therapy when I'm not working because I'm generating, well, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Because that's where my brain always goes. And it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. So it's about really stepping back and going, okay, what, even if it's 10 bad ways of thinking about something, at least generate something else other than what you're generating, how bad the outcome could be. What would be good about it? So usually if you can have a bounce off of someone else, like, hey, what would be a good thing about that? And someone else can give you perspective because they're outside of it. Yep. That breeds another problem. Sometimes people won't reach out to tell someone they're having these bad thoughts. So, but it's really about can you generate something else? So if you can't generate a different thought, have a listing of activities. Read a book, listen to music, clean the bathroom, clean out a closet. Oh, very productive. 11 bags of closet clothes from this weekend. And Don't that, judge. You now had a, another Swedish bags. death cleanse? I did. A, I did. Oh, yeah. So, Eric, if you're listening, <laughs> I did Swedish death clean this weekend in my bedroom closet. Wow. And so now the Better Women's Shelter is getting a beautiful set of clothes and shoes. And the Epilepsy Foundation is getting the rest. So fabulous. Nice. So I'll, I felt good and other people feel good from it. So, but I did do the Swedish death clean this weekend. <laughs> I was on a roll. I started and I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so that was very exhilarating. It made me feel very connected to myself. And that's actually part of healing momentary feelings of social disconnect or that was a good thing for some people, you know, when you're working, right? So yep. I have this a lot. People work, work, work. I'm a worker, you know, it's sometimes social disconnection is helpful to feel accomplished for oneself. And that's a hard concept. I have this conversation at home a lot. It's like, I just need to do something for myself. But all you have to do, like, if you're lonely, all yes. you have to do is look at people in relationships, yes. people who parent. And when you're in a relationship, when you parent, you learn the value of being alone. You learn right. the value of, you love that time. It's right. like, oh, wow, you know, the kids are at school, the hu hubby's out, I got a couple hours to myself right. here, yay. 
Right. Right. But yeah. a couple hours to yourself in another social situation is hard. Could be devastating. Right. And so that's not brainwashing. That's not mind control. Right. That's just perspective. Exactly. Right? And that's and that's such the the good point or the best point there is that giving it perspective of this isn't really a bad thing. It's if you generate just one other idea of just hey, you know, if I was alone and everyone was out for school and work, I'd be happy just, you know, doing my thing. Not getting lost in I'm so lonely. Yeah. It's the pandemic. No one can get together. Everyone's going to die. It's kind of like that thought process I told you about a few weeks ago of someone that had been telling their kids that they couldn't go out. They hadn't been out at all. Yep. Everything was being delivered the whole time because they had told their kids that if they went outside, everyone had been dying. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. That's not it. So that's a, you know, talk about a fear-based setup for little kids to start generating one mindset mm -hmm. that all or nothing, that everyone's dying or not. And we're talking about changing perspective, and that's a big thing, mm -hmm. right? Huge. Don't take it in that. Don't take it like you have to change your perspective next week. Right. You take it as I've got, I remember when it was really bad for me at times, it would be what I'm going to do in the next two hours. Right. Or I'm going to do this for the next two hours. I'm going to set all the rest of that down. Right. And just for two hours, I'm going to, you know, go to the gym or I'm going to go to the restaurant or I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going to sit down and watch a documentary on Flat Earthers. <laughs> right. So, so yes. So that's a, another good point about perspective is not, this isn't about what you're going to do in two weeks. This is about today. Yeah. Being very present today and the perspective of, I just have to do today. Right, exactly. Not get through. I just have to, because a lot of people do that. They'll say, I have to just get through today. Yeah. Well, tomorrow you're going to have the same feeling if you do it like that. It's, what can I do today to make today good? So start your day off with a gratitude list, a couple of things like, today I'm going to be grateful for blah, blah, blah. Or, um, and this works for, you don't have to be into yoga or meditation per se, but if you are, it's great because it adds a little extra bonus. But I often prescribe the live in the morning with intention. What is your one intention for the day? My intention today is to make someone smile. My intention today is to go the next two hours without eating junk food. Like, you're going to live your day for one particular intention. Not ten. Not a list. It's not a to-do. It's just one thing. And it so doesn't you, have to be huge. No, it's just something yeah. really, it, the five push-ups in snack time. Right. It's yep. something that you're living with purpose for so that, it, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon, you go, oh, I've been doing that today because it feels good. And that's socially connected to yourself, which actually dis dissipates the feeling of loneliness in general and social isolation because you're doing for you. Yep. That doesn't mean you're not going to still have a feeling of loneliness not come up. You you still. But it gives you a sense of like, OK, I'm OK. No, but you get there. You get to the point where you're OK with yourself for half an hour. Exactly. You're okay, and then once you find out that that's real and it exists, right. you make it an hour, and then you make it a couple hours, and then it can be a day, and then it's just like right. you're just okay with yourself. And, and, and it doesn't mean you don't want to be with somebody. It doesn't mean. And to that point, yeah. and so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip. So you you were in that therapy role of doing the right thought process, and here's the here's the client side that you hear is when you say, yeah, you you'd be in the moment for the next half hour, right, and then you get the yes but syndrome yes but then what do i do and then after that that feeling's going to come back and then what do i do yes but so i call that the yes but yeah. syndrome the you give you give a um a technique or a moment of how to look at something and it's yes but that won't work for tomorrow they're already on to the next why it won't work can't work doesn't work yeah. i've already tried that instead of being really present that's why living in the moment with a a, a a daily intention to meditate yep. on that and just keep focusing when you're feeling that way. So as soon as that feeling comes up of like, oh gosh, I'm going to be lonely. Okay. No, nope, I'm going to make someone smile. So I need to call someone or yep. I'm going to, you know, whatever that is so that you're refocusing. That's generating an alternative right there in the moment so that you catch yourself to stop the yes, but syndrome. Yes, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Walk as I far as you if can. If I had a dollar for every time I've been yeah. told by a client, yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Walk as far as you can see, and then you'll see further. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do that one thing, and then the next day, chances are, I kind of enjoyed that. I'll go do that for half an hour again. Or, or yes, I kind of enjoyed that. I want to know more, so I'm going to look up a little bit more about this. Right. Yeah. And and one of the new things, too, and, and I just remembered this, that... Um, it's not that it's new, but I think it's been more and more because the pandemic has gone on and on and on that um, 
if you go on and do a Google search of signing up for a class, there's classes like every day happening. Yep. Art, history, movie making, picture taking, uh, poetry, right? I mean, you name it, I've seen it. Yep. I've gone and I'm like, wow, this is pretty intense yep. because people have gone out and generated and there's lots of free stuff. Yep. There's some mi minimal There's lots pay. of free stuff, yeah. Lots of free stuff. The other People day, because... Say, yes, but it's expensive. No, it's free. Because a friend expressed interest in it, and it came up on my t on my timeline. It was like there was a walking tour of Reykjavik mm -hmm. on there, just a live walking tour of Reykjavik. And I just clicked interested because it came up, yep. and I was kind of interested. Yeah. And then I got the notice when it came up, and I sat there and watched it. But 15 to 20 minutes, you know, just, Yeah. And, and just a little different and, and something you wouldn't have ever no so here's okay so i'm playing again the 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 negative side right is that you hear the yes but it's i'm not in iceland so why does it matter right you get the yes buts so yeah. that's what i get on the side of i understand when people who are listening or who will be listening to this go yeah but that's not the same thing and it's not the same thing and it is something to do to generate another way of looking at something and you educate yourself and you learn something and you may connect with someone else. So I'm always telling people to, and I am always, and use that purposefully, telling people to take take but out of all your language Yep. and put in and. No but, only and. If you aren't able to put in the and, then there shouldn't be anything coming out until you can flip it. So right. that's a good start. If you really are generating no ideas and you're saying, but, 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 <laughs> then it's, I'm going to do that and it might be hard. Okay. I'd rather hear that because what that does is for people who like the neurology of this, it changes the neurological pathway of your brain way of thinking yes. and actually create serotonin in your brain because it's producing a positive effect in the actual brain emotional center to make it happen again when you say the word but yes but it actually down regulates the serotonin and makes you feel lower yeah. so people don't understand that that's actually how the mind and body works so the more negative content up here the more it pushes into the body and the more you feel Bleh. Right. Yep. And the more times you say and, 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 and you can still say something like, I'll do it and it's going to be hard. That has a better effect, even though you might say, well, that's, that's negative. Yep. No, it's actually realistic. And it is going to be hard because you're not used to it. Yep. I'm going to go outside and walk today, but it's going to be super hard. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it versus I am going to go out and walk today and I'm not used to doing it. And it's going to be hard. Oh, totally different yep. brain context and how the body actually responds to that. And you're more likely to go out when you say that than not, because the other one will make you buy into you can't do it. You said the word, and I want to pick up on it because it's almost as important as exercise. You said education. Yep. And when we say education, we think formal. Learning things. Yes. Learning new things, being exposed to new things is human bliss. The yes. mind loves that. Yes. And it doesn't mean you have to learn everything about it. Like, you know, just seeing new city streets in Reykjavik. Or, right. I guess I get a, ha I get a half day's joy out of finding out that the Titanic sank, sank south of us yeah. here. And it was just a, it's a funny little fact. But all of a sudden you, you have that peace and you have that perspective. And the mind loves learning something new. The mind loves getting new information. It does. It thrives. It's like yeah. feeding. It's like feeding a baby. It's like feeding. You know. So so interesting point. Um, and we'll get, have to get ready to wrap up the show. Yeah. But um, when the mind goes stagnant in times of loneliness and social disconnect, and you're not doing things like watching those things or getting connected, people are more prone to having dementia. Yeah. Really. So yeah. so for people that don't know what dementia is, which I imagine everyone does, is you know the cognitive decline of your memory and degeneration of areas of your brain that allow you to cognitively function appropriately, function well, and et cetera. So the dementia rate in people goes up when it's not being activated, when the brain from and and but, just that alone, that activation keeps your brain protected. When you're actually doing Reykjavik walkabouts or you're listening to the flat earther or you're watching Undo It You, when you're stimulating your brain in different ways, not playing video games for six hours but when you're seriously right when you're stimulating in multiple different ways to learn and do and it actually will protect you from having dementia um 
research-based, not just me saying that. Yeah. Um, because the brain deteriorates without constant or pretty constant cognitive stimulation. And people will... Uh, kids, teenagers, and gamers will say, well, that's, you know, I'm going to sit in front of the TV. Hey, gaming is one thing, and you need multiple different yeah. other pieces to stimulate your brain. If you're only looking at a TV screen all day long, you know. Everything it, in moderation, but gaming, gaming has some qualities. Well, yeah, because, I mean. Figuring, abs- figuring things out. Exactly. Strategy. Yeah. And so, and the brain, when you repeat, 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 then it becomes automatic. So you need yeah. other stimulation yeah. to yeah. keep ramping it up. So yeah, thousandth hour on the game, once you've got it all figured out, you're just <laughs> playing it and doing the same things. It's the same thing in life about right, getting in cycles. Piece, well, because yeah. like with anything, the brain goes into the motor cortex area and also the you know the cerebral cortex and the older primal parts of the brain. And they remember it becomes automatic and then right. there's no stimulation. So it becomes stagnant. Right. So oh, we could do hours on this. Okay, I love I doing know. neurology stuff. So all right. So... Tip of the day, besides exercise, which I always beat into everybody, just go out and do five push-ups, um, <laughs> is making sure you try to generate an alternative to where you're at. The pandemic is not going to last forever. The holiday is only going to be this way probably this year, and and we don't need to worry about next year. We just need to work today, not worry. Get on a work. Zoom call, wear antlers, wear I did reindeer that. antlers. Oh, or... just really quick. I did that yesterday for my class. Mm. I had my antlers, and they were blinking. Yeah, nice. I, bl- I was blinking during my yeah. class that I taught yesterday. Made something out of it, right? And they were giggling. Yep. I had lots of adults, young adults giggling that I actually wore antlers. None of them else. I told them all. I said, you should dress up, wear anything you want for the holidays. There I was with 22 students on a Zoom <laughs> with my antlers on. Good for you. That's Beam. why you're the teacher. So, exactly. <laughs> right? Um, so, I will be here, obviously, mm-hmm. before we have the lovely holiday of christmas yes. next week um because it does fall before christmas eve and in antlers and uh, I, I will wear my antlers what are you gonna wear it doesn't matter i'm not on screen so <laughs> yeah but i'm wearing look, antlers I now to, i have to work <laughs> look at you okay. i have to work and look at you i have a santa hat at home oh that's so boring come okay, on i'm sorry i come All up right. with something else um but i will you know certainly um if anyone has questions or certainly you know people have been reaching out which is fantastic i preach that appreciate that and i wanted to make sure that i said to eric again thank you for having that conversation with me this morning because um it was such a good yeah. um, thing to have and over there in sweden um he's he's a uh, should have had him on we can have him on i i would he would probably love to be on and it's six hours ahead so it would be perfect timing that he could absolutely do that yeah, yeah oh six ahead yeah okay yeah and we were talking about swedish food this morning and i, I make a swedish dish for dessert called schmool pie and he was very impressed that i wow schmool pie is amazing okay so i'll have to tell you all about it it's yep. very strudely <laughs> do you like my words doesn't help much but yeah okay uh, okay yeah so okay so everybody have a great week and to catch me on all of the podcast channels that you love, go to those. Mm-hmm. Or you can catch me on Facebook with your Daily Gay Face or go to my website. That's right. Um, or, you know, all the favorite places you can go. But you guys have a great week. Stay safe. Don't get COVID. No. Uh. Pre-Christmas show next week. And stay away from the mall. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Have a good one. <laughs>